It's now time for Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team. Mike will get you into the ring with the latest boxing and MMA info, the logos, and much more. Now, here's Mike Adams 2.0, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Good morning, sports fans. Mike Adams 2.0, ESPN Radio. 101.7 The Team. You can go to Instagram, Mike Adams 2.0. Spotify. You can listen on Apple Podcasts. And, of course, go to the ESPN 101.7 The Team website, and you can catch all the podcasts there. Well, I'm excited for today's guest in the second half. It's none other than Kansas City legend Nick Lowry. Yes, the great field goal kicker in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame. And we'll catch up with him, as we all know the Chiefs, or in the playoffs, and they'll be taking on the Buffalo Bills. But how we start in 2022 is factor fiction. And I told you I was going to bring in my good friend Micah Frankel. We're going to do factor fiction. Micah, are you ready? I'm ready. You ready, Mike? This is sports, fact, or fiction, Micah. The Georgia Bulldogs will be remembered as an all-time great defense. I think that will be fiction. And I'll tell you why. Was the defense phenomenal? Yes. Will they go down as one of the all-time greatest defensive teams? I don't think so. There's an argument for many teams, but I don't think they're listed as the greatest defensive team. We may look at an all-pro list in about four years and have a disagreement on that one. Justin Fields makes the Bears' head coaching vacancy the most alluring in the NFL. Fiction. I don't think it's the most alluring job. Justin Fields is a great quarterback. I think whoever coaches the Bears needs to think about the Super Bowl shuffle. They need to think about when Erlacher was the linebacker. They need to think about Singletary and Butkus and McMahon when he was quarterbacking. The Bears need something, Micah. So whoever comes in to coach that team, I don't know who you pick. But I think, still, Justin Fields makes it a much more alluring job again than it was a couple years ago. A quarterback is 50% of a team. The NBA is having an issue with on-court extracurriculars. Hmm? Yeah, extracurricular activity, right? And here's the thing in all sports, and I'm not just going to leave this to basketball, Micah. All sports needs to figure out why people are angry. And the extracurricular activity that's going on Um, from Antonio Brown at a Laker game. He's getting a a big round of applause, right? But the talking, the trash talking, the the hits, the the more so technical fouls or or flagrants, the extracurricular activity needs to stop, Micah, and I don't know when that's going to happen. I'm with you. It needs to stop. That is a fact. We'll keep moving and we'll get close to your love. The Lakers, LeBron James is currently their best option at center. Yes, that is fact. I think LeBron James is the best option at any position. One, two, three, four, or five. Now, what do the Lakers need? They need a healthy Anthony Davis. And maybe when that happens, we'll kind of turn that corner. Interestingly enough, I do want to mention this. When Magic Johnson tweets out what he tweeted, and now LeBron's apologizing to the Lakers Uh, There's some pressure on LeBron when it comes to L.A. 
I don't think it'd be a bad idea when he comes back. AD at the four, LeBron at the five. Let's just see the offensive set a couple times. I think it could be potent. Now, as we keep moving on through the NBA, the 76ers are holding on to Ben Simmons, and all things look like it's so they can make a run at James Harden this offseason. That could be fact. I think they need to uh, move. They need to move on this. I don't know who they could get for Ben Simmons. Somebody had said they'd try to get Lillard for Simmons, and I think that'd be a heck of a heck of a move for the 76ers. Can you imagine that if you're Philadelphia? And do they make the move for Harden and they move Simmons over to the Nets? How does that benefit when Simmons most of the time has the ball in his hands? Kyrie likes the ball in his hands. I don't know if that works. I'm not saying he's looking to score. He just controls the basketball game. So I'm going to say fiction. I think Daryl Morey is going to try it, though. Clay Thompson... Already NBA Comeback Player of the Year, right? Well, if you, and I'm going to say fiction, but uh, I'm rooting for him. And I'll tell you why, because the fans, everybody wore the number 11, including his own players. How cool is that, right? And when you get an ovation like he got, 17 points in his, we'll call it a debut, right? His comeback. The return. His his comeback return debut, 17 points. Uh, You're rooting for him for sure. But I still say this, Micah, as I did in the last Factor Fiction. I'd still take Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan right now. Three of eight earlier this week from three. I think he's still looking like a splash, brother. The Grizzlies, this is the most exciting young team in the NBA. Fact. And John Morant did a 360 the other night with his left hand, made it look easy. He, he blocked... A shot against the glass, Michael, with two hands and made it look easy. You talk about exciting. It's the Memphis Grizzlies. And you didn't even talk about Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson. That squad is loaded and dangerous. John Wall has the best job in sports this season. Fact. And I don't know. You know what, Micah? Before, I'll say fact financially. I'll say non-fact or fiction because I'm sure he wants to play. But when you make that type of money and don't see many minutes, if any minutes, let me repeat that, many minutes, if any minutes, and you're making over $40 million, so financially, fact, uh, from a guy who probably wants to play every day, fiction. Joel Embiid, best center in the NBA? Fiction. Best center in the NBA is Jokic. Embiid's a close second. Do I think Embiid's putting up better numbers without Simmons? Fact. Do I think Embiid needs another player? Fact. And do I think the 76ers win the NBA title? Fiction. 50 points, 27 minutes, second fewest minutes played in NBA history to reach that number behind Klay Thompson. He's making a hard argument. Jaguars, back-to-back years with the number one overall draft pick. Do they go defensive end? They have to. So that's a fact. But who knows what they do, right? And with Trevor, Trevor Lawrence was the number one pick, the quarterback from Clemson. And you mentioned Justin Fields and how important that head coach is going to be. Well, how important is the head coach going to be in Jacksonville for Trevor Lawrence? Or are people already writing off Trevor Lawrence? And in three years, we're going to see him backing up somebody. So, yes, defensive back, fact. But who knows? 
Thibodeau from Oregon or Hutchinson from Michigan look like the two leading candidates as we're talking about the Jaguars. I think if you're watching the NFL playoffs, Byron Leftwich has to be the guy they go grab. It'll be interesting. Uh, and I don't want to say fact to Byron Leftwich. Um, and I don't want to say fiction. It will be interesting. Or, or Micah, do they go after the offensive coordinator for the L.A. Rams, Kevin O'Connell, and say, hey, look, here's Trevor Lawrence, right? We need an offense run. And, of course, Leftwich knows the offense as well. But you're talking about Sean McVay, right? You're talking about this these new coaches that are putting together some unbelievable schemes. So we'll see on Leftwich. Leftwich is learning from Brady. He's the greatest player in Jags history. You return back to the scene. Come on. It would be the biggest celebration that city has ever had for football purposes. Rachel Balkovich is a must-know name. I'm going to say, Micah, that's a good question. But as of right now, today, fiction. Do I think it could be fact? Could be. It has to be fact. A Lobo great who is the first female coach to get a head coaching position in Major League Baseball. It may be single A, but right now, if you're a member of the sports world, she has to be a must-know name. And here's the must-know about it, because it's baseball. She, she, she made it in baseball, right? Baseball. And when I look at Becky Hammond and what she's accomplished, think about that, Nancy Lieberman-Klein who accomplished a lot. And she's head coach of your favorite three-on-three tournament, right? Oh, yeah, the big three. The right big there. three. And not only that, Micah, do I think it's a name that needs to be known? Absolutely. But I think it will become bigger as she moves accordingly. Like when she gets that opportunity to uh, get a job interview with the Yankees, the Sox, similar to Becky Hammond getting those types of interviews with NBA teams and almost was the Trailblazers coach. Well, on that same level, do you think we're on the doorstep of seeing a female play professional baseball? Yes, that's a fact. And I'll tell you what, Micah, when you think about sports, um, yeah, I think that's a that's a fact, absolutely. Genevieve Beecham, if you don't know the name, learn it, Google it, hit 85 on the gun at 17 years old. She's an Australian who's looking to come play college ball. In America, she could be the first. It's historic, and we are on the doorstep. Going to the ice, Andre Vasilevsky, my guy, is still the best goalie in all of the all of hockey. Fact today. Today, yes. When you say best, best goalie of all time, you'll get some argument. I know you said right now, but if you would have said of all time, there'd be some argument from Grant Fuhrer fans and others. But as of right now, tough. Alex Ovechkin is still the best goal scorer in the NHL. Yes, fact. And I wouldn't want to... Here's the thing. Imagine if you cross-check him. What's going to happen? <sighs> okay, so that's nasty, but I got to take Connor McDavis. He is the future, and he is electrifying right now. Going into history, is Joe Burrow already surpassed Andy Dalton and only looking at Boomer Esiason to be the greatest Bengals quarterback ever? Fact. And if he wins this weekend... Micah? Yeah. If the Bengals win. Yeah. Let's just say this. If the Bengals win, they would have a shot to get to the Super Bowl. Yeah, they would. They really would. And here's a little known fact. Yeah. 
This past weekend was the first time anyone ever sent out a text message saying the Bengals won a playoff game. Their last playoff win prior to this past weekend, 91. First text message sent in 1992. This is the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals. Right? I mean, I want you to go back to Cincinnati, Micah. WKRP in Cincinnati. Remember that TV show? You're too young. But where I'm going with this, Cincinnati has nothing to cheer about. Yes, the college football team made the Final Four, right? They made the four, played Bama, and they had a good year. The Reds of the 70s people are still cheering, Micah. The Reds of the 70s in Cincinnati is still being cheered for. I go back as far as Jeff Blake. I go back as Jeff Burrow. They'll make a statue of him. If he wins this weekend. DeMar DeRozan has the best mid-range game in the NBA. A fiction. Best mid-range game. There's a couple guys who play that mid-range game like nobody's business. But is his mid-range game good? Yes, but not the best in the business right now. Man, it's led to a top five score in the league this year, and it's what he relies on. Edgar Berlanga versus Steve Rolls, March 19th. That's must-see TV. Must-see. Berlanga, if you remember, has been a guest on the show. Shout-out to you, Edgar, if you're listening. He went on that incredible KO streak. And then he had a couple of tough battles. This is must-see TV because we don't know what Berlanga we're going to get. So, yes, must-see TV. UFC 272 main event, Colby Covington, Jorge Masvidal. This is the best grudge match the UFC can make. Right now. So, fact, it's the best one they can make right now. Uh, It won't be the best grudge match we've ever seen. I got to say, if we're going to go best grudge match in the UFC, there's there's two that come to mind immediately. Okay, Tito and Chuck. Knew you were going to say that. Tito and Chuck. And the other one's Diaz-McGregor. I mean, those those two, I would say, the biggest grudge matches. And this one, I'm interested in watching it. It's the biggest one they can make right now. And shout out to Jorge Masvidal. Just purchased Icon Fighting Federation. He now owns two MMA promotions. We see him expanding his business ventures. Very intriguing what the future will lie for Jorge. Who wins the fight? Just out of curiosity. Colby, that's why Jorge is doing such a good job to set himself up post-fighting <laughs> career because the end may be near. The Bucks, the most disrespected NBA champion in recent memory. I don't know if they're the most disrespected because here's the thing. You look at the 1970 Bucks with Alcindor and Algin Baylor. Two great players, right? But we think of both of them as Lakers. And then uh, the Bucks win the title... And it's like, okay, all right. Even though Giannis is a superstar, right? Drew Holiday is, to me, top 20 NBA player right now. Yeah, I I shake my head. But yeah, do I think they get respect? No. See, I thought you were just going to go with the easy answer and tell me, of course not, Micah. The Raptors were more disrespected the next season. Jeremy Grant is the most likely name to have an impact after the trade deadline who will be moved. I don't know. I'm going to say fiction, and I'm going to tell you why. I don't know where you move him. Like, who takes him? Oh, man, I think the Lakers are putting together offers. I think the Bulls are trying to throw together offers. I think that there are a plethora of teams that can use a big wing who can score for himself. And not just that, how do the Lakers put him in Who do they give up? That's my point. Like, who are the Lakers giving up and who are the Bulls giving up? 
Okay, so for the Bulls, we might have to give up Patrick Williams. Unfortunately, we're giving a future piece for a right now piece. And if you're looking at the Lakers, you guys are having to give none before you ever see him. Probably THT and quite possibly one of those... uh, 10-day contract, guys, that has been playing really nicely. So you might have to give up enough to make it work, but Grant is a guy that you know in crunch time would be great right next to LeBron and AD. And and there's no question about that. I just don't know what you have to give up in order to obtain that talent. And as depleted as the Lakers are, you're going to give some guys that give you minutes every night. That'd be interesting. Luka and the Mavs are better off without Christoph Porzingis. I think, and I'll say fact, I think they need to, to, to trade Porzingis. I think they haven't utilized his skill set to full potential. And I think Luka's a superstar, right? And when you have a superstar, think about this. When Porzingis was with the Knicks, Micah, he was a superstar. Mm-hmm. Then he arrived in Dallas where they thought these two were going to be the big two, right? Supposed to be. Supposed to be the next big thing. And Luca's Luca. I'd move him. And I, Now, there's a guy who's interesting. Where do you move? Because the payroll's extraordinary. But there's a lot of teams that could use Przingis. I'm not sure where you move him. But when he was out for seven games, they went 7-0. and And in crunch time, <laughs> in Luca's 40-point triple-double the other night, Przingis on the bench, being a great cheerleader. The Dolphins should have stuck with Brian Flores. They jumped the gun. Fact. I think Brian Flores was moved quickly, um, and I thought Tua was coming into his own. I, I really did. When the Dolphins went on, I believe it was a seven or eight game win streak, Micah, uh, they were playing well. They seemed to be getting their act together, and then you move on the coach at fast. Uh, that's what's tough about the NFL. I, what was he there? Three seasons? I guess three seasons. If you can't get something done in three, that means you're out. Brian Flores will have his pick of the litter. I don't care if it's Chicago, if it's Las Vegas. I think he will have an opportunity to go wherever he wants. I don't know the same for this next name, but David Culley definitely deserved a bigger opportunity in Houston. I don't know if he deserved a bigger opportunity, so I'm going to say fiction because I think a lot of things happened in Houston Mm -hmm. that nobody expected, right? He had to weather a storm. And not just weather the storm, Micah, but then you have to perform because Houston is one of those markets where they want winners. And they had tasted the playoffs with Bill O'Brien on multiple occasions. Now, Bill O'Brien, I believe, is on Saban's staff now down in Alabama. So do I think uh, that's a tough one, Micah. And if the Texans need a quarterback, the Texans need a quarterback. Is that fair? It's fair, and with no quarterback, that's why I'm right there with at least one more season. A bigger opportunity, at least a longer opportunity. One more year, it was not fair with the roster he had constructed. Now, this one is actually a believe it or not, not a fact or fiction, because it's definitely a fact. Can you believe that we saw last week the Buffalo Bills offense play a perfect game? Unbelievable. And I'll say fact on that. Um, That's probably... In fact, I, I don't remember who I told, but I said that's the best Bills performance I've ever seen. And they looked unstoppable. I, I can see why they're favored against the Chiefs, Micah. And I think that the Bills and the 49ers are probably the two most dangerous teams in the NFL right now. That was the first perfect game 
since 1950. And I agree with you. The devastation that the guys in the trenches are doing from the Niners, along with the effectiveness that Josh Allen is playing with for Buffalo, you are right. Those teams looking ferocious after week one of the tournament. The Nets have enough firepower right now to win an NBA title. Fiction. And I'll tell you why. Kyrie, we still don't know if you're going to have Kyrie for an entire series. So think about this, right? Think about if they have to go play Boston. So he can play in Boston, but he can't play in New York. He can go play the Bucks in Milwaukee, but he can't play in New York. So if somebody has, I don't think they're going to have home court the entire time. So that's where it's going to get tricky. Do I think they win the title this year? No. Trailblazers have to have a fire sale. It's over in Portland. I agree. That's fact. And Portland had a great run. They hadn't cheered this way since Bill Walton was down there. Lillard is an incredible talent. C.J. McCollum, incredible. And they try to make it work. Don't forget, Mello was down in Portland. Don't forget, Portland was putting the pieces of the puzzle together. They made the run. Not going to happen. They need to. They need to. Yeah, regroup. Nurkic is about to be a free agent. Covington is about to be a free agent. Lillard just had a dominal surgery. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. The moves are trade Nurkic, trade uh, McCollum, trade Covington. Maybe you rebound around Lillard. Maybe you just go all the way down to the ground. The Oregon Ducks, after a trip to L.A. and a sweep of the Trojans in the Bruins, are the hottest team in college basketball, and specifically the Pac-12. Absolutely fact. And here's the thing, Micah. You know, college basketball, I don't know how much you've been watching, but the number one team seems to switch out consistently, right? Duke, Gonzaga, Baylor. Does SC become number one? I don't know right now. They, they just took that loss last week. You got UCLA. This is honestly the most parody I can remember in quite some time. The Dukies going down left and right. North Carolina being pushed every night. Miami looked tough. Oklahoma's had some great games. You can go with Texas Tech has looked great. There is a litany of names. This is the best college basketball season I've probably seen regular season in 10 years. And not just that. We really can't pick a national champion. You know, like last year, Gonzaga going to go undefeated. Well, they ended up losing to Baylor, right? And then this year, you were thinking Gonzaga's going to repeat. And then you see all these other teams, Micah. It's an interesting year, and I agree with you. Who knows who's going to win? Miles Bridges, most improved player in the NBA. Absolutely fact. Fact. Should the Bulls fans panic after their four-game skid? Fact. And I'll tell you why. Here's the thing about the Bulls, right? When Zach Levine went down the other night early... He had to go back to the locker room. I said, that's not good. And it's not good for multiple reasons. First, let's let's look at all the reasons. Number one, you got to make sure he's healthy and ready to go. Number two, from a ticket sales standpoint, everybody's there to see Zach Levine. Is that fair? Mm-hmm. And fair. number three, what happens to the morale of the bench and the rest of the players when you don't see Zach out there? Zach is an integral part. If he's not 100%, Four games could turn into eight. Eight could turn into ten. Ten could turn into twelve. You want me to keep going, Micah? 
Zach's injured. Caruso's injured. Ball's injured. Names you know. Come on. I already told you Williams was injured. Derek Jones Jr. is in. Do we panic? Not really. Five guys are injured. When they're back, we're going to be fine because none of them are out for season-long injuries. Odell Beckham has already proved it wasn't him in Cleveland. It was Baker. Fact. And Odell, uh, the question becomes, here's a here's a secondary factor fiction. Biggest star in L.A.? Beckham or LeBron? It's LeBron. I don't care what you say. It's LeBron. Odell has stole the show in L.A. It's like Odell showed up in L.A. and everybody knows Odell Beckham again. And he's got that style like prime time. Like prime time. Yes, Micah. You're bringing me back. Deion Sanders, they call him prime time. And he was too legit to quit for UMC Hammer fans. And my next question is, is Deion Sanders the best recruiter in FBS? Absolutely fact. And here's the thing. He's doing an amazing job down there at Jackson State. Now the question becomes, Micah, when these head coaching jobs open up at the Power Five, right? Does Mm. Deion Sanders take it or does he stay there? When you get the number one recruit, number five recruit, maybe you stay there and knock on everybody's door saying, you know, we'll play the winner. We'll play the winner of... Whoever wins the national championship. Deion Sanders has a plan, and that guy has the money to stay there and build that university back to the prestige it once had. I think he stays there, and he builds a monster. Let me throw something back at you. Fact or fiction? Deion Sanders or Bo Jackson? Who do you take first? Both sports. I'm taking Bo Jackson. I think I'm taking Bo Jackson. I think he was a little bit... More of a power hitter in baseball. I was just in awe of his defensive abilities, robbing home runs, and his effect on the offense. And the way guys talked about getting run over by him is something else. It was a demoralizing feeling for a defender. So I'm going Bo Jackson. I'm going prime time. Go ahead, Micah. Lincoln Riley leaving Oklahoma has set that program back three years. I would say minimum three. Could be four. I don't know how Oklahoma lost Lincoln Riley, who was one of the hottest coaches in the game. I just don't get it. SC, if you've seen the transfer portal, if you've seen the recruits, SC could be back, Mike, at the Pete Carroll days. Roster not an issue. Raiders shouldn't have fired Mike Mayock. I'm, I'm going to say, I don't know enough. I expect more out of the Raiders. 10-7, and seven, thank you. We lose to the Bengals. Had nothing to do with the play. People can argue that all day, and I'm talking about the Joe Burrow whistle. I, Which is funny, right? Because then you go back to New England's tuck. Now Joe Burrow, the whistle. I mean, there's always an something. I don't know if he did enough, Micah. I, there was a couple years I thought we were an 11-5 and five going in, uh, a 12-4 and four way back, and we were getting to 500. So... Three years, again, is three years the magic number in the NFL? And for some, it's only one. We'll find out if there's a magic number. This weekend could be magic. Heavyweight title, unification bout. And I feel like all the pressure is squarely on Francis Ngannou. I think that, uh, that's a fact. That he's under a lot of pressure. And I'm going to tell you right now, Micah, this could be one of the best fights we've ever witnessed. This reminds me, not in the same sense, but Wilder Fury won. If you've seen Wilder Fury 1, you were left in, your your jaw dropped, right? I think we could see a repeat of that. 
Francis Ngannou is a one-punch knockout artist like we've never seen before. And Surreal Gone manages distance and dissects people and brutalizes people in a fashion like only few have ever done before. This is incredible. Same card, Brandon Moreno has an opportunity to become the biggest UFC star that Mexico has ever seen. Absolutely fact. And not only that, Micah, the guy, the guy has had an incredible journey to get to this point. Let's see what happens. Going back real quick to Nganu. If you think about Nganu, Deontay Wilder, that one-punch power, right? That one-punch power. It's very similar in style. Very similar. Keep it up. But, I'm telling you, Nganu has many more dimensions to his game. Steven Adams, best bodyguard in the NBA. <laughs> yeah, I would say fact. I'd want to play with him. Like, if I'm a scorer, right, I want that guy... Letting people know it's kind of like Messier protected Gretzky, right? You can see it. He's the goon. He's that enforcer. He he's gonna make sure that the best players don't get messed with. Jalen Hurts will not be the answer at quarterback for the Eagles. That's a fact. And I like Jalen Hurts. Oh, me too. And I think um, you know, we always talk about where players should play, right? And who's coaching where and that type of thing. Jalen Hurts, Mike, I just think Philadelphia is not the place. And maybe Jalen Hurts moves down to the Texans and becomes a superstar. That would be something. Debo Samuels, most dynamic weapon in the NFL. Absolutely fact. And I talked to a bunch of 49er fans over the weekend, and they started him off at tailback, fullback, caught a few passes. I think he threw the ball one time. Yeah, Debo Samuel is the real deal. That's who I'd want on my team, Micah. <laughs> Dude, that guy, you can put him everywhere, and he's going to make something happen. I don't care if you're handing him the ball, giving it to him bubble screen, sending him deep down the field on a fly or a post. He makes big plays. Late season collapse of the Cardinals, it squarely falls on Cliff Kingsbury. Fact. And I think Kyler Murray... Um, you know, they're going to remember the interception where he's falling down. They're going to remember that he couldn't get past the 50-yard line in the first half. They're going to remember a few things, right? Did the blowouts on Super Wild Card Weekend already sour many to, to the option of 14 teams in the playoffs? I, I don't know, and I'm going to say uh, fact, but I don't know if sour's the word. You looked at the Patriots, and people were talking about the Patriots like Tom Brady played there. You look at the Steelers, right? And they barely muscled in. They muscled in last second, thanks to the Raiders. And then Kansas City just turned it up. Five fastest touchdowns, I think, in NFL history. Those blowouts, Micah, they're hard to watch. But then you get a Cowboys 49ers game. You get a Bengals Raiders game. And you get excited for the following week. But I want to do this, Mike. I want to say thank you for coming into studio today. And we're going to wrap up Factor Fiction. Sports Factor Fiction. And I do want to say this, Micah. It's exciting. Single-A baseball has its first female manager in the Yankee organization. And you know what the coolest thing about it is? She went to the University of New Mexico. That's so awesome. And I hope she's uh, coaching in the major leagues one day. But I'll tell you what, Micah. Sports facts or fiction, you brought it this week. And I'm excited for next.
Always great to talk to you, Mike, and I hope we have baseball this year. Absolutely. That was Sports Factor. Let's get back to Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 1017 The Team, presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Welcome back, and I'm excited for my guest. Number one, because one of the greatest field goal kickers of all times. He's in the Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Fame, and he kicked during a time when the weather and the climate was brutal. Nick Lowry, welcome to the show, sir. <laughs> I think the climate can be brutal now, too, but I appreciate you giving me the, uh, the, the nice words. <laughs> Nick, the Kansas City Chiefs play this Sunday. They're the late game, 12-5 and against the Buffalo Bills. You've seen them all year long. Buffalo's favored in this game. Does that surprise you? I love it. I love it. It's exactly what the Chiefs need. They, you know, they were disappointing. They were at times terrible on defense the first seven, eight games. And as you've seen, a little bit like two years ago, uh, where the defense and the team just came together the last month in December and then rolled into the playoffs and, and took away, stole that Super Bowl trophy. Uh, I like the fact that we are underdogs. Uh, I, I've noticed that teams that have perfect games, and that was, I watched some of it yesterday, Josh Allen was on fire. He threaded the needle for a touchdown. He threaded the needle multiple times in very cold weather. And they, they were hitting on all cylinders. They were playing, of course, in Buffalo. And there is a home field advantage. And I, I like the fact that they're coming to Kansas City. Having played so well, there tends to be a little bit, I'm not saying a lot, but a little bit of a letdown. I, I anticipate that, and I think we have to take advantage. Uh, I think we've got to get pressure on Josh Allen, who's a big hoss of a guy, and Frank Clark needs to stand up the way he has, and Melvin Ingram, and of course Chris Jones. And pressure on the quarterback in the playoffs is one of the greatest indicators of who's going to win. But the second thing is we turned the darn ball over four times, four times in that original loss earlier in the season. Patrick Mahomes was not Patrick Mahomes then. He's found himself. He did have one poor choice in the game Sunday night, but then they lit on fire as soon as as soon as uh, Pittsburgh got ahead and you know, scored you know five straight touchdowns in a faster time than ever has been done. So it's we still have that explosive offense, and we've added one more factor. That is Jarek McKinnon. Number one is just he's a lightning bolt. He's added that extra factor in the running game, and in the playoffs, the running game becomes twice as important. Nick Lowry is my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, the show Mike Adams 2.0. Now, Nick, I have to ask you this question. You played in New England, you played in New York, and you played in Kansas City. And you played during a time when it felt like the snow, like there was blizzards when you'd have to kick. Do you feel like the kicker of today, I don't want to say has it easier, but doesn't have to say see similar circumstances you did when you kicked? Well, uh, Jan Stenerud said something to me about six years ago as we're sitting in the owner's suite at Clark Hunt, uh, you know, suite in the Arrowhead Stadium, which is the balls today are broken in. It's like anybody that's played softball or baseball knows when you have a leather mitt, it just can't catch a ball until you put linseed oil in there, you put a belt around it, you put it under your bed or your mattress, you worked it in, and that made it possible to catch a baseball or a softball. But... Uh, football's not that different, and now that it's broken in, literally since they started doing this about seven years ago, the average punt has gone up five yards. The average 
shall we say, effective range of kickers has gone up five, six yards. It just makes it easier. Then let's throw in the fact that there are now 18 dome stadiums, functionally <laughs> 18 versus five when I played. And then you've got, of course, the field conditions, which, you know, they've really done a fantastic job of improving uh, the way the fields are kept, whether they're these prescription turf fields where there's some grass or whether there's artificial turf. So that is a little bit like, you know, when you're, Playing in a, on a golf course, you're playing out of the fairway versus out of the out of the rough. So uh, it does make a difference. Kickers are better than ever today. Um, you know, Justin Tucker is the best kicker I've ever seen. He's amazing. Uh, frankly, Harrison Butker is pretty darn good as well. But um, they're not that much better. And it would have been nice. The games. The statistic is that in the playoffs, the kicking game ends, and the result is indicated by the kicking game twice as often as the regular season. Great stat. Nick Lowry, Kansas City Chiefs great is our guest. ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Now, Nick, you're in the Kansas City Hall of Fame. Tony Richardson's in there, a couple other guys. But we need you in Canton, Ohio. And I know you're humble. But Nick Lowry's credentials tell me you should be in Canton. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, uh, a quick stat for those that, that don't know this. I beat out Jan Stenerud. I didn't follow him. I had to beat him out head-to-head. In fact, Clark Hunt was then, the owner of the Chiefs now, the son of Lamar Hunt, was the 16-year-old ball boy charting us every single kick from distance, how quickly we got the ball off, etc. And, you know, I had to beat out Jan Stenerud. Well, he was 58% in Arrowhead Stadium. I was 85%. Wow. And Morton Anderson, both of these guys absolutely deserve to be in the Hall of Fame. But you're right. I think I do as well. Uh, Morton Anderson played 20 seasons indoors. And even playing indoors, uh, I was 3% better than him at everything. Whether it's, And so, you know, I, I think it's time. Uh, at the same time, it's tough. It's a tough thing because kickers have not gotten their due. Maybe it's time for that. We now have Ray Guy in, and I appreciate your saying that. And, yes, that would be awesome. But you know what? I love doing things in life that help other people, and uh, that's where the juice is, and it's God's will. <laughs> if it happens, it's his timing, not mine. Nick Lowry's our guest. I have to ask you this. So you're on the sideline. What goes through your head? I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times, but what goes through your head when you run out into the field? Was there was there something you thought about? Was it the moment? What what kept your mind right every time you were going to kick a field goal or an extra point? Well, the first thing is you have to become an athletic actor. You have to prepare your whole career for those moments in the spotlight because no one's you know going to notice anything else but whether you made it or you didn't so you have to practice as the great coaches do bill belichick being one of them uh, Pete carroll being another where you absolutely give yourself shall we say healthy doses of pressure where you imagine and create as realistically as possible a game-winning situation, but also the first quarter field goal, the second quarter, the, the other field goals that if you miss, they're just as important. So you have to rehearse that over and over and over and expect that it comes to you. And then you just have to trust. You have to trust your training and attack the ball. You can't try to crush it, but you attack the ball, and that's where your natural reflexes in the brain take over. Quick little thing, I'm sure most people are going, why is he talking about this? But truly, 
when we're self-conscious, especially in sports, the large muscle groups, the fight-or-flight muscles take over. The large muscle groups, which really don't allow us to have dexterity and touch. And that's why you've got to practice it so that you just attack the ball as much as normally as possible. Nick Lowry's my guest. Great analogy, great synopsis on the whole uh, way of going about kicking the ball. Very well described. Now, I want to get into the final eight of the NFL. If you had to pick a favorite right now, Nick, who would be that favorite? Well, I'd say that uh, in the NFC, if... The, the problem for Aaron Rodgers has been the same the last two years. It's been they couldn't protect him. It reminds me of when Leonard Marshall and a guy named Lawrence Taylor turned Joe Montana, who would later become my own teammate, into a rag doll in San Francisco, and the Giants beat the, the uh, 49ers. Uh, that's really what you've got to do. Um, I think the Packers have got to provide protection for Aaron Rodgers better than the last two years. And if they do, that's my favorite in the NFC. In the AFC right now, the team that's playing the best is Buffalo. And Cincinnati, my God, they were frightening. Chase just destroyed us uh, in our game in Cincinnati a couple weeks ago. So, you know, those are the other big threats. Tennessee with Derrick Henry back, that's another factor. But I, I like our chances. I, I think we're coming together at the right time. Uh, we have to play good defense. We have to put pressure on the quarterback. And then now we have Jerick McKinnon to add that extra spice in the running game. Uh, if Tariq Hill can stay healthy, Travis Kelsey is a Hall of Famer right now. Um, and a guy named Patrick Mahomes seems to have some magic. So I think playing with some humility, knowing we've got to earn every single down, every single touchdown, uh, we can still win this thing. Nick Lowry is my guest, ESPN Radio 101.7, the team, Mike Adams 2.0. Now, Nick, when I when I look at all the greats you played with, the guys that you were on the field with, and you've seen Tom Brady, I'm sure you've been around Tom Brady, is Tom Brady just separated from everybody you've seen that has played that position, or do you have a different take on it? Tom Brady is different from everybody that's ever played that position. Not because he has a better arm than Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't. Aaron Rodgers has the best arm I've ever seen. Uh, Patrick Mahomes is not far behind, but Aaron Rodgers has an accuracy that's just never been achieved before. I mean, just ridiculous. But Tom Brady has the mentality that no one else has ever had. He is a, a lot like, frankly, Michael Jordan. When you give him a chip on the shoulder, and if you don't give it to him, he'll create it anyway. But that chip on the shoulder that he has motivates him. He's never less than hungry. He's never less than focused and, and angry to do what it takes. And so he's the most relaxed quarterback I've ever seen in the playoffs. He just doesn't seem... I mean, my memory of him is after beating Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, he walks up to the sidelines, to you know, up to the stands to hug his son who'd watch the game. I mean, it was like it was more important for him during the game to know his son was watching him in the game. <laughs> That's just not the way it normally is for anyone, let alone the quarterback who has the most pressure and the most complex series of choices of really any position in any sport. Nick Lowry's my guest. Now, Nick, I want to say thank you. I know you're doing some tremendous things right now. Let everybody know, because last time I talked to you, it was amazing what you were doing for people. Well, thank you, brother. You know, um, 
I have a program in Phoenix called Champions for the Homeless, and we made Phoenix the first city in the country to provide free COVID testing for the homeless. There's a 25% increase in homelessness nationwide and in Phoenix. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to say that being homeless uh, doesn't have carry some responsibility. Sometimes people make bad choices. But I also have noticed that when you put a human face on people, uh, the police treat them differently. The public, the media treat the homeless differently. And then you start looking at individuals. When you look at people as individuals, that changes everything. And so while it's desperate to be homeless no matter where you are, I, I'm really proud of the fact that we've made it a more human issue in Phoenix. And I think when you, you think that way, you people feel like there's a reason to live and they invest in their own lives, which is really what you need. That's the magic that you've got to have. So during a time when there's so much controversy politically, you know, that's where I'm at is help people feel more human, help them be treated more human, and then help them then to own the own, the choices they have to make to get to a better place. Nick Lowry, I wish you continued success. I look forward to uh, seeing you again at some point, and I just appreciate your time this morning, sir. Thank you, brother. One of the best shows, and definitely the best ESPN show in the, in Albuquerque. I appreciate coming on, and greetings, and my best wishes to the people in Albuquerque. Take care, sir. Nick Lowry, Kansas City Chief, great Hall of Famer Kansas City Chief, and the Kansas City Chief Hall of Fame. Put him in Canton, Ohio. Nick Lowry... Put up numbers. Just look at his scope of work. You're listening to ESPN Radio 101. That was Nick Lowry. I want to thank Dave Dominguez behind the glass. I want to thank Joe Neal, the president. I want to thank Nick Lowry. Thanks for taking some time today, the Kansas City Chief Great. For Alyssa Ryan, Preston, John Michael, my name's Mike Adams. Show's Mike Adams 2.0 on ESPN Radio 101.7, the team. Presented by El Mesquite Market, bringing cultures together. Join us again next Saturday, 9 to 10, on your New Mexico-owned and operated station, ESPN Radio 1017 The Team.